0: Bye. Okay. Welcome to the White Coat, White Collar podcast, where we help current and aspiring STEM and healthcare professionals demystify the career landscape. I'm your resident host and corporate scientist, Dr. Aurelia Whitmore. Each and every episode, I'm bringing you along as I talk shop with active professionals. We're discussing career journeys from white coat to white collar and everywhere in between. So turn the volume up and let's get this interview started. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to have Dr. Bell here, but I refer to her as Jen. Hey, Jen. (laughs) Hey, Dr. Bell. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to have you here. So um, a part of the reason why I'm excited to have Jen here is because we're going to do like maybe a little bit of a reverse. Instead of like white coat to white collar, Jen did a little white coat, white coat, kind of white collar. And now she's in a a teaching role, which we'll get into later. But let's start with an icebreaker. Every now and then, some of our guests, I'll want to do an icebreaker. And for you, I want to do it. And I think it's really, too, because I don't know the answer to this. So um, (laughs) let's hit it off. What was your very first job before ever stepping foot into a college campus? My first job
1: was when I was 16. And I worked at AMC theaters. Oh, uh, okay, I worked at. I was in a magnet school for TV production and film, Oh. and I was doing that from like eight to like senior school, senior year of high school. And so, like, it was just fitting to like work in a movie theater. That's so I cool. I was like deep into it.
0: But <laughs> like, what do you mean deep into it? Like, you had to watch all the movies before they came out. Well.
1: Well, like you get the chance to do it. But like, I was like a big into film, like me and like for my class, like I directed a film and won awards for it. Wow. What? (laughs) This is a four minute silent movie. That's it. Can I see this? No, this was pre. I, of course, have a DVD of it. Oh, (laughs) DVD. Does anyone know what a DVD (laughs) is? Well, like I can play it on my computer. You
0: got to save it and upload it to the drive. We have got to this. We're gonna have another episode, just of your four minute. It'll be the the, the viewing or or listening of your four minute short film. That's
1: yeah yeah. Cool. So I, I won like Miami Children's Film Festival and then wow. a Double ACP Axel Award. yeah that I I burnt out. At Girl, 17. you
0: never mentioned <laughs> this. Is so funny. I never knew this. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. All right, Jen. So let's talk about your time in Miami. So you have four degrees, girl. That's something else I didn't know about you. Four (laughs) degrees. So you have an associate's degree in psychology from Miami Dade Honors. So Mm -hmm. from an associate's degree to a PhD and a bachelor's and a master's all in between. Tell us about your experience, maybe getting your associate's degree. Like, was that The plan for you to go to a junior college or did it just happen tell us about that
1: um it's a little bit of both I wanted to do like a community college first mainly because like my sister did it my sister is eight years older than me and so she did it and I wanted to do Mm -hmm. it and it made sense financially because your first two years of undergrad are all gen ed studies anyway Mm -hmm. so I was like might as well save that money and do a community college. Right. But like, as I was going through, like, you know, you meet with your cap counselors every year or so. My cap counselor was like, you have really good grades. You don't need to go to community college first. And I was like, I don't want to, but I'll apply. So I applied to like Florida does this thing called Florida Bright Futures. Mm-hmm. Where, depending on where your GPA, SAT, ECT scores are, you can get either 75% off at any Florida school mm-hmm. or 100% off at a, a full ride at any Florida school. So, I had got the 75% off. Okay. So, I only applied to Florida schools and I applied to Florida State. Okay. And I got in and I wanted to go. However, I'm a bad test taker. So, my SAT scores were not yeah, good. Yeah. So, they wanted me to. Um, in the summer, do the care program, mm. prove that I can do that. Right. work. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And so their summer started about a couple of days after graduation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I had applied to Miami-Dade Community College, Miami-Dade College now had created an honors college program. Nice. And they were focusing on minorities in the Miami wow. area. And so. Wow. Yeah. Like a junior HBCU. A little bit. Yeah. So like yeah, in the cool. community college, they had a specific honors college. Mm-hmm. If you had a certain GPA and you were a minority, they wanted to bring you in. This is my amusement, like Hispanic and a few black students. Right. So I applied right. and I showed them um, I had created a portfolio for my film, <laughs> all my film stuff. Back to the field. Sorry. All right. You're in the right field, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's weird. I did it. I did my interview, and I'm like, Well, I have this portfolio. Y'all want to see it and They're like, Sure. And after that, they're like, Okay, we can't officially say it, but you're in. It's done. Like, you're officially <laughs> in. Yeah. I was like, Let me get that in paper. <laughs> writing right. First. Yep. Okay. That part. <laughs> Let me get that in writing yes. first. But yes. what they offered with the honors college was since I had 75% off while there, and they also paid me a stipend because they Ooh. didn't want us to work. They wanted us to focus yes. on well, our time totally there and focus on school. Right. Yeah. And I was like, and I got my summer off.
0: <laughs> oh, we're going to get into that. You and summers. Listen. Jen had. Jen makes decisions on having her summers off. She does not plan about <laughs> her summers.
1: No, ma'am. So yes. I was like, you know what? I could do the two years, yep. get paid to go to school, and I'll have my GPA up higher, and then I right. can transfer to you know I can transfer to Florida State. But while right. I was there, I had wanted to transfer. I had been not lost in the sauce, but I was getting a little hype, and I wanted to yeah. go to Howard, but that didn't work okay. out. <laughs> okay. So everything happens for a reason, but like, yeah, that was like the main reason. I don't like to say that a lot of my decisions were based off of money, but a lot mm. of my decisions were based off of money because <laughs> I'm poor. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I was going to you-
0: say, you know, we'll, we'll get into later how you receive money to do this. A lot of your decisions with your associate's degree was in money. Mm-hmm. And even as a doctorate student, you receive funding. So yeah. we'll we'll get into that.
1: So, and then while there, I was trying to do film, but they didn't have a mm-hmm. program. So, like, mm-hmm. for a couple of months, I was going back and forth on a major. I yeah. chose psychology, took mm-hmm. in psych, hated it, just hated it. I thought it was dumb. And then I yeah. um, was interested in, like, but do biology, liked biology, wasn't good at biology. But I was like, if I can combine psychology and biology together, mm. somehow... And I didn't know about neuroscience until I had already transferred out and my junior year. I found out about neuroscience, and so mm-hmm. that I just, it just and and would you say neuroscience is your love or it's just kind of? define it find you? We can be honest. <laughs> like I don't know if it defines me. I just think the brain is very cool. It's really complicated. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. really into like hormones and behavior. So yeah. everything the human body does is triggered by this right exactly. here. Like you could like yeah, the heart's important, but the brain controls the heart. So I was initially interested in like, you know, why do people act certain ways? How do you have Mm. certain psychological disorders? Like what is the science behind it? That was like my initial thing. But learning more about the brain and seeing how necessary it is, how vital Mm. it is, how it Mm. controls, like just moving my arm, just basic behaviors, like how it all works out. There's also, like, redundancy in the brain. I just think that it's just really cool and complicated. Really? Explain the redundancy in the brain. So, like, as an educator now, I tend to do this with students, too. And they did this to me as an undergrad as well. It's like, we kind of simplify the brain. You're like, okay, Mm -hmm. this area of the brain, the frontal lobe is responsible for this and this only. And the parietal lobe is responsible for this. Like, you separate the brain into sections and say that this area is necessary for this. Yes. but not. (laughs) <laughs> so you can <laughs> so like the big study that everybody talks about like uh, Phineas Gage like the one mm. where like a rod shot through his frontal lobe and his personality changed because the frontal lobe is responsible for personality but mm. there's other aspects of the brain that was damaged but you know there's other areas of the brain that back that up so there's mm. like like a fail it's like it, it's
0: like a survival mechanism yeah
1: like all right this isn't working that's okay we can do this right we lost this all right we got that like it takes a lot for you to like lose one whole action or one whole thing because Mm -hmm. like everybody thinks vision is only in the occipital lobe but it spreads out to other brain areas too and then also if you don't use certain areas you lose certain areas and neurons like to spread out and do it's like all right. Maybe it is my passion. Oh, that's so, so cool. <laughs> we may
0: have to have another episode just diving into this. Like, I have so many questions now. I wonder, is there a test maybe to see what regions of your brain are not being exercised?
1: Not really. Because nope. when you do like MRIs or fMRIs or those type of studies, they're looking at brain activity, but they're just right. looking at like oxygen, what's being used. Okay. Um, so like, sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that we don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's why I think it's kind of cool. Although sometimes, like, the unknown is terrifying. Like, I think space is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the brain, I can... I'm just
0: I'm afraid of the dark still. So there's just no way I would make it in space. So I would be like... <laughs> um, so much we don't know. Yes. <laughs> so you went on after your associate. You, you know, you told us about your psychology spill. You mm-hmm. um, received an MS in biology. Let's talk about mm-hmm. your your PhD in neuroscience. What a perfect way to lead into this. And so you focused on the neuromodulation of a particular ion channel by metabolic hormones. And so that's okay. very interesting because of the postdoc you secured. But let's backtrack a little bit before defending and graduating. You also mm-hmm. was a recipient of a postdoctoral chemical census training grant, the T32 from NIH. So yes. I know, as we mentioned before, you're like, oh, I don't make decisions off money, but I make decisions off money. So, <laughs> yes. and I applied for the T32 pre-doctoral grant and I was denied. Mm-hmm. So okay, let's talk about maybe what made you, first of all, why did you apply? Was it just money-based? Like, did you discover that you know, they had this chemical census training that applied to your program? Like, how did you even discover that? And let's get into okay. the details of
1: the grant. Okay, so prior to when I was in grad school, the, I started in one lab looking at a male rat sex behavior mm-hmm. and they eventually lost funding. But while I was learning about male rat sex behavior, I got interested in pheromones mm-hmm. um, and pheromones and the you olfactory know, system and things like that. And I wanted to stay within that area, but there were no other Explain our audience what are pheromones. Oh, so pheromones are the chemicals that animals secrete and that cause a behavioral response in animals of the same species. Or like predator-prey situations, too, that works. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's certain pheromones that female rodents give off that a male rodent will detect and, you know, they'll like, they can um, trail her the female scent to her den do what it do <laughs> or there are certain pheromones that animals secrete to have other ones stay away so like if a rodent gets scared they'll secrete a pheromone that another mouse can detect and they'll mm-hmm. know to stay away from this area so it's, okay. a, it's a way of communicating yes okay yeah. nice And so i just thought it was really interesting because females can do this really cool thing where they could smell out a more viable male Mm
0: -hmm. and i was just like we had that ability
1: (laughs) (laughs) so like a female rat or mouse will like let's say she made it with one male and got pregnant but within a certain time period came across a more viable male will abort that situation like naturally abort it and mate with that one so that she'll have a more viable offspring wow and i was just like really into like smell and stuff but when i switched over to labs no one like was doing that and so i joined another lab that was looking at olfaction which is your sense of smell but in a different aspect so Yeah, yeah i had learned about it in communicating but i didn't know about it in like having an impact on your metabolic behavior and it makes perfect sense so like you've ever been really hungry and you're looking for food. Like you can smell the food. Like you can mm. smell mm. the fries drop from McDonald's yes. before seeing the golden arches. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> so what happens is when you're really hungry, your sense of smell increases. So hor- like say, satiety hormones modulate or receptors or neurons within your olfactory system so right. that they're more sensitive. Mm-hmm. And then once you eat, they go back down to baseline. Mm-hmm. And so that's just how they interact normally. But if you were to become overweight, obese, type 2 diabetic, all the fat in the foods can then kill off olfactory sensory neurons.
0: Mm. And you
1: can lose your sense of smell. And one of the symptoms is also like decreased sense of smell. Mm. So looking at the connection between those things, and I was like, well, this is pretty cool. I didn't know this existed. Yeah. So like, that's like the broad scope, but then there's one particular potassium channel (laughs) within the olfactory system that Mm. is important for modulating the connection between like smell and metabolism and so the lab that I joined was focused on that and I was terrified because they are a molecular biophysics lab I'm coming there with a psychology
0: degree (laughs) so do you feel like there was a huge learning curve for you in the
1: beginning yes god (laughs) (laughs) wow terrible (laughs) yeah. <laughs> like I just did like behavior. Right. right. And so that I was trying to do behavior there. Yes. And then I got an allergy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started doing more yeah. of this molecular biophysics stuff. And so it was wow. a huge vote of confidence. Like once I did mm. finish a degree, I was like, yes, Jen. holy <laughs> shit.
0: <Slaps my> Jen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cause I remember looking at this stuff, like my first years of grad school, my first year in the lab. And I was like, It's like reading a foreign language. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, you know what? I don't know this. I'm gonna watch rats have sex. That's it. And then, (laughs) like, I was forced to like go a certain route, and I was able to decipher the code.
0: Wow. And, that's so awesome. Yes. I'm proud of you. I'm Thank proud of you. you. We kind of went through the, the journey together. I yes. remember spending late nights in the lab. When I was writing my dissertation, I pulled you and another friend to come in the lab with me late at night. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. It was nice to see someone yeah. else was left. <laughs> Oh my. So let's go back to the grant. Yeah. So this was the research that you focus on. So you were able to apply to the chemical census training grant that fit right into your research scope. Yes. So how did you find the grant? Did you just randomly do a Google search one day? Like, I need funding for my research in chemical senses? Like, how, how did that happen?
1: Not at all. So actually, another happy happenstance, FSU has a strong chemical senses community. There's a lot of neuroscience researchers within the program that do smell research and taste research, which are the chemical senses. And so they have an institutional T32 that they've been running for like 30 some odd years. Mm, And so it was just like, I happened to join that lab when I had to change. And my professor was like, all right, we're going to do this. And at this point, we're going to add people to the grant. It also helped being a minority. Yes. (laughs) There were Mm -hmm, no other minorities on the grant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, oh <laughs> like, like yes. you're gonna
0: apply for this like okay <laughs> uh, uh, right. That's awesome. So I know for me like when I was selecting what lab I wanted to go in when I was doing my lab rotations, I did not think to ask those types of questions, you know me neither. I didn't think I, to say, does this lab does this lab get get awarded NIH grants regularly <laughs> like yes. over the last 30 years type of grants? Yes, you know, I didn't think to ask that, but that's definitely
1: like a really nice tip. That is like even yes. in for the first lab I was in because I just yeah. followed my. I was really into like the neurobiology of sex behavior, right. and yeah. I just was like, I did undergrad research there, and when I got into grad school, I'm like, I'm in that lab. It's a wrap. Yeah. I didn't look at other labs. Yeah, I was just focused on it, but I did not ask about grant funding. Like they had just got a grant the year before I started. Mm -hmm. And my professor was already like in her seventies at that time. And I didn't think to ask like, okay, so when this grant is over in four years, what are your plans for additional grants? Like, what do you plan to do with the money? Like, what are your goals for me? Like, I didn't ask any of that stuff. I was just like happy to be a part, happy to be a grad student, happy to be accepted. Just I'll do the work, I'll be fine. And then joining that other lab, this professor she thinks ahead of the curve, my dissertation professor, and she had multiple grants running at one time. Wow. And when one was about to end, she was working on another one.
0: Wow. that's So awesome. it
1: showed me like yeah. what to look for in a professor. So like for kids, or not kids, but like people who are entering grad school in the sciences, looking to join a lab, ask about the money and what their plans are and ask to see the grant. Right. You're allowed to see the grant. You mean like walk in the
0: office Okay, I know you have a grant. Can I see it? Like, how do you ask a <laughs> no, PI like,
1: to see their grant? When they accept you into yes. their lab or when you're discussing, like if you're in rotations yes. and you express your interest, and they're like, oh yeah, you would fit in with this research that I have on X right. grant. Oh, can I see that? Mm, gotcha. <laughs> and a good professor will just offer, yes. it, mm-hmm. offer it. That's awesome.
0: That's good advice. Thank you, Jen, for sharing that. That's really good advice.
1: Learn the hard way.
0: So in this amazing lab that you were in, where you were working with hormones and understanding these (laughs) ion channels for metabolic hormones, that led to your postdoctorate opportunity at the Monell Chemical Science Center. So why don't you tell us a little bit how you were able to secure that position. It sounds like your Mm -hmm. lab was really established. So maybe it was through connections in your lab, but tell us Mm -hmm. how. And
1: I also want you to tell us what this center actually does. Okay. So within like the chemical census community, there's like two main conferences. There's the Association for Chemical Census Conference, and they do like Smell and taste research. And there's also SSIBS, which is like something society in ingestive behavior. So they mainly do taste research. I was in a smell lab. So we would always go to ACHEMS each year and I would present my Mm -hmm. stuff. And when you do do research in the chemical census, you know about Monell. Because Monell is the premier chemical census institute in all of the United States. Like if you any type of smell and taste Mm -hmm. research... That is going on. It's coming out of Monell. They are pumping out a whole lot of COVID stuff wow, right now. Wow, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Because. That absolutely makes sense. Yes, they are the smell and taste people. So they frequent those conferences. Mm-hmm. And they have an executive board and they had student representatives. Mm-hmm. My professor said, like, don't you want to apply to be on the students? Like, not, not really, but you're suggesting it for <laughs> yep, <a reason."> yep. <laughs> So I was on the board for like two years and then I will also they do like this diversity mm-hmm. award and I got it every year as a diversity travel award and I would get it every year and we have like a lunch with all the dif- diversity recipients and professors and a lot of these professors were mm-hmm. at Monel so like my name was yes. out there That's awesome. and before I even like was starting my dissertation my professor got an email from someone at Monel like do you still have a student? And is she still, is she graduated? Wow. Now? And they had a position open on their institutional yes. T32. Oh, perfect. That they wanted me to nice. apply on. So did that speed
0: up the dissertation process? Like, was your professor... Yeah. Okay. Were you guys even talking about you
1: like writing up your dissertation before she, like, that? I had already been in grad school for an extended period of time. And so she yeah. was talking about it, but I was like, listen, I know how these things go, lady. I've got like two more years and she's like no you don't <laughs> and I was like no you don't got an email there are people out there looking for you and she's like all right we got this email you're applying to this position yes. and I was like well I'll apply for it but, but like I'm not gonna yeah. get it and I'm gonna be here for two years <laughs> <laughs> so it did push things along because like my yes dissertation and my research was a little scattered because I did do like a masters and that was like two years of work within that lab that I couldn't put towards the dissertation. And I was working on one thing and it was not working out. And I got an allergy. So then I started working on another thing. And I was like, all right, well I gotta work on this thing for at least two, three years. And we somehow we made like a freaking dissertation (laughs) and created a story from everything that I was doing. That is so cool.
0: I went, I'm going to have to go search on ProQuest now and reach don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Don't. <laughs> don't do it. That's cool. That's so cool, Jen. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us what projects you did at Monel? Yeah. So I was
1: at Monel for two years. The mm-hmm. first half of like the first half of the first year, I was kind of lost. So I joined a lab that was focused on taste. -hmm. And I had the smell background. I was like, well, I've done the smell thing. Let me do some taste stuff. And Mm -hmm. that was also a bit of a learning curve. And they were focused on like the composition of like carbohydrates to fats to sugars in the diet, its impact on sweet receptors, salt receptors, da 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 da. So that did take time for me to learn. And one of the things as a postdoc on the training grant at uh, Monel, you're supposed to be on that training grant temporarily and you're supposed to focus on getting like an F31. Yeah. Um, uh, like a big NIH grant. Yeah. So like I started in June, July, and they're Ew. like, okay, so you're gonna miss the August deadline, but you should have something for a December deadline for a grant. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what I want to do. I was trying to do one study, but like that was a connection with another lab and another professor wanted dips on that so mm-hmm. i backed off i started getting into the organoids being to discuss organoids or you can build organs or you know receptors not receptors but cells in like a 3d sphere in a dish mm-hmm. and i do more molecular stuff like that so i was trying to make a uh, taste bud organoids nice. in a dish and I wanted to see how like the microbiome was impacting the formation or the functioning of taste receptors. So like Mm -hmm. if you're on a diet that's got however many fat to carbohydrate ratio, Mm -hmm. how does that impact the gut microbiome? How does that impact your taste perception? Right, Right. And so that's the route that I was trying to go on things that had started moving until like the second year and I did a project where I let go of the organoids because they were getting too complicated (laughs) they were just it was it was a lot yeah Uh, so what I ended up doing was looking at different diets with a different fat to carbohydrate ratio Mm -hmm. looking at how the gut microbiome was different in each of these animals Mm -hmm. once they were on the diet for you know however long and then I wanted to move that to like looking into the mouth and seeing if it changed the amount of so many types of sweet or salty receptors mm. on the top. What are the names of the sweet receptors? Oh, so like, so
0: there's sweet, salty, sour, and bitter. Those are all the four receptors on our tongue.
1: Yeah, but we also have receptors. There's controversy for um, umami, which is savory, mm. that, that we have, but those are like amino acid receptors. Mm-hmm. There's also controversy for uh, fat taste receptors. Some people in the field think that there's fat taste receptors, some people think it's just a mouthfeel. I think it's a mix of both. Yeah. Then uh, cats have calcium taste receptors and there's Mm -hmm. some evidence that humans may also have calcium taste receptors too okay why they like milk so much that's why (laughs) it's three cats milk they're carnivores so like i think it works with their diet because they are yeah full-on carnivores don't give a cat anything with vegetables (laughs) they're just not gonna yeah yeah but i just wanted to see but then like within the sweet receptors they have like annoying science names like T1R da 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 like it's T2R this yeah. so like you know how yeah. we put letters yeah. and numbers on things yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. so I do nothing fancy okay okay
0: now you worked on a really cool project with Arm and Hammer and the yoga
1: experiment why don't you tell us about that <laughs> so I was like another lab was working on it okay and I assisted the best I can by contributing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. So one of the cool things about Monell is that they are mixed between like academia and industry. Mm-hmm. So we have sponsors like Kellogg, Fermanish who does um, they produce perfumes. We have Pepsi, Coca-Cola at once. So a lot of people in the food industry and the perfume industry mm-hmm. are sponsors with Monel. Nice. So Arm & Hammer have become a sponsor. Or they were interested in combating the smell of, like, sweaty yoga pants. Mm-hmm. And When you wear your yoga pants and when you wash them, they get clean, but they don't smell. The odor isn't totally out. Totally gone. So the army Hammer is like, that's what we're going to fight for <laughs> at that point in time. However, there is no odor that you can run an experiment on to, like, you know, spray on a pair right. of pants or whatever. Right. You you would need a live experiment (laughs) yes so the what a lab at monell was focusing on was creating specifically female crotch aroma Ah. (laughs) so they wanted to create this aroma so that they can so that already hammer can use it (laughs) for those studies so it required women to so like nike donated like really nice yoga pants wow <laughs> to wear yeah. and we would like i as a participant well that's that's so nice of you you and your, your co-workers
0: <laughs> get to fool around with your with your smell and your with, my, with my essence. <laughs> it's my essence
1: yes yeah, your essence.
0: <laughs> essence excuse me
1: yeah so like, they're like work out in your pants for like a minute of 45 minutes put them in a Ziploc bag, roll it up, get all the air out. And you have to wear it like three other times. So they were, they were stank. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do
1: you still have these fans? I just need to know. No, I had to give them back to science. Oh, okay. And so then what they have, there were other people who had to like smell it.
0: <laughs> that is so funny. All right. So I just, hold on. Well, let's just pause for a second. <laughs> You know, when, like, you're looking at clinical data, like, you know how there are, like, code names for people? Like, did you all have code names? So, Jen, what? Yeah, I was subject something another.
1: <laughs> yeah. Subject 153. Yeah. Okay, like okay. That.
0: I just I just need to know that.
1: All right. So, you said yeah. you and your
0: coworkers had donated your pain. Like,
1: I didn't have to smell it like, since I was a donor. There were other people who were um, coworkers as well as outside people. And so then what they would do was they cut out the crotches yes, and then they would like put them in like a box with like, you know, a filter top yeah, and they would have to like sniff it and give qualifiers. So one of the hard things with smell is that like it's really hard to get like one universal yes. term that represents what something smells like to everyone. Right. For sure. Yeah. And then
0: you have to think of underlying conditions like you mentioned. If someone has diabetes, their sense of smell it may not be as strong.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so like they were qualifying it and trying to like create like an artificial version of female Project. Oh my gosh. So yeah. and I think Arm & Hammer released this detergent already. Oh wow. wow. I don't know if like twenty twenty threw it off. Wow. But like I contributed like me and my essence. Oh. Was a-
0: that is so cool. <laughs> now we need to go find it and make sure you get a, an affiliate link or something. <laughs> but, like, that's some of the cool stuff they do at Monel. And so, you decided after two years to leave the sweaty yoga pants and the taste bud organoids you were creating to join the Center College in Kentucky as a visiting professor in behavioral neuroscience. Yes. Okay. So, why give up on all of these cool taste and smell activities and research to
1: go back to teaching? Um, so as a grad student, I was a teaching assistant, so a TA. So I was used to doing both, like mm-hmm. teaching and being a lab, teaching and being a lab. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point where you're like, you know, I just really want to focus on research. I don't want to be teaching all the time. Yeah. So I got to do that in a postdoc. And I miss teaching. <laughs> I miss, like, the aspect of, like, talking to undergrads. Because, like, since it's, like, a alone institute, there's no undergrads. There's no grad students. It's just postdocs and PIs. Mm-hmm. And you're just doing, you're just head-down research. Yeah. That is it. And so I started missing it. And so what I ended up doing was I found myself looking for other opportunities. So, like, we were next to University of um, UPenn. So they would have different things for, like, teaching science, different workshops. Mm -hmm. So I just ended up taking a whole bunch of, like, workshops on, like, teaching science to undergrads, things like that. Wow.
0: Talk about taking initiative while you were working. You were also trying to prepare for the next step. That's something else we'll talk about at another time.
1: Yeah. I also got a part-time position as an adjunct at St. Joe's University Mm -hmm. my second year, and... They're like, you can do this as long as it doesn't interfere when you're doing research. And I was like, cool. And so I taught like one day out of the week. But I felt happier on campus than at work because I spent like all my time in the office. Mm -hmm. I couldn't spend any time doing the research because my research involved animals. I have the allergy. So the tech was doing all the research. So all I would get would be like data and just like inputting data and analyzing data. And I was just like...
0: I don't want to do yeah. Yeah. And so why did you choose Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. So I was writing for RF31, one or the other, for like, I was required to do it. And it's a training grant and you have to write up your training program. And in my training program, I had a whole bunch of stuff on teaching undergraduates. And when they reviewed my grant, like we had an in-house review, they're like, you need to take all this stuff out. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) And they're like, well, they want to produce people who are working at big research universities. You're talking about taking your research and making it, you know, applicable to undergraduates. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And they're like, just say this and don't, don't do that. And so then I just stopped working on that grant and started applying for jobs. Wow. Gotcha. Uh, I was like all right I'm not doing gotcha. this <laughs> and I am a part of there is a teaching biological psychology neuroscience Facebook group
0: wow
1: what an interesting <laughs> gr- I, you need to add me to this
0: group <laughs> yeah, ring- so they do put up some really cool stuff on in but, the brain, but um, like this is so interesting <laughs> you guys I may go get another degree no I'm just playing but don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you said don't do it. Don't
1: do it. It's a trap.
0: It's a trap. <laughs> it sounds so cool though.
1: Yeah. So they talk about different like teaching things to do with undergrads and they also advertise right. jobs. So nice. I saw the job for center on mm-hmm. Facebook. And my previous advisor, my dissertation advisor, is from Kentucky. <laughs> nice. And I was like, what is this school? Right. who is this and she's like it's right. a really good school you need to apply right right okay so I applied there she was a I referral
0: had... for you right yes good. I applied there
1: I applied to UNC Chapel Hill mm-hmm. and I also applied to Notre Dame okay and I got interviews for Center and Notre Dame okay awesome and so Center was my first interview my first internet interview and first live interview And the internet interview went, like, the Zoom interview went great. We were just, like, Mm -hmm. we were talking, and then we were kind of, like, joking and stuff. Yes. Oh, I love those types of interviews. Right? You just connect people. Yeah. Uh, So we did that, and then they asked me, like, because I did that in, like, late fall. It was, like, October, November. And how it typically works in academia, (laughs) you do those interviews in the fall, and then they bring you out in the spring. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, "Well, can you come in like two weeks?" And I was like, <laughs> "Wait, yeah. I had my grant was due the day they set the interview, and I went to the interview." <laughs> what did you do with
0: the Monell Center? Like, what did you did you say anything?
1: <laughs> I was like, I had this interview. Well, you didn't even know if you had the job yet. <laughs> Boy. And my advisor had already uh, I think right there. It is my advisor had I already told me he's like, I don't have yeah. money for you for another year. So either get a grant or find a different lab. So I was like, gotcha. I'll either look for another postdoc, transition right. to the lab, or get a right, teaching job. Right. But usually gotcha. when people apply for teaching jobs, they're on the market for like a year. So I was yes. like, let me send out these applications and I'll right. still write on my grant. You know, right, I'm right. not as motivated. <laughs> Yeah. I start writing on the grant, right? Right, and they had it for that day, and I was I chose to go, and I was like, okay. I'll just do another deadline. <laughs> 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 and so, when you flew out to
0: Kentucky, did they hire you on a spot? Like, what? No, never take like they. Okay.
1: I, I came to this interview, like, this is gonna be my first interview to get ready for like another school. <laughs> yeah. So, I just came, like, whatever. I'm like, it's Kentucky. Right, Whatever. you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially moving from Philly <laughs> to Kentucky, like have you had a some good Kentucky bourbon. I do. Do you? Oh you yeah. Have... I okay. don't even. I'm starting to get into bourbon more because uh, okay. I live here. So, yeah. so I've been going on. I'm trying to go on more bourbon tours so yeah. that I can get an acquired taste. But I've gotten like I have like a nightly bourbon. Okay. Why not? We'll, we'll <laughs> talk about that on on the happy hour. Happy the happy <laughs>
0: But okay, so you thought you were going out there and this was just like the...
1: This was my pre-interview. This is practice. So I went and first they had me, like I went to interviews with different people or different groups of people. I had breakfast with with a group of people. I had lunch with the students. And then I didn't do my talk or my class until like around three. They don't do classes. Their classes stop at four o'clock. Mm. Nothing goes past four o'clock. So I did like a three to three fifty, mm-hmm. um presentation and they said, do it all like your background, your research. So I did like a smell and taste presentation. Nice. A mix of my dissertation, a mix of what I was doing at Monal. So they don't have anyone who has a smell and taste background there. Mm. And when they do teach, sensation um, perception is a class where you go over all the senses mm-hmm. and they just kind of skip over smell and taste. And gotcha. like, <laughs> they were
0: looking for someone like you.
1: Yes but they didn't say anything but like yeah. the staff was great yeah even in like my like you know when they had like the big interview with you and all the other faculty members on the search committee mm-hmm. it was real chill and the students were so smart and i did a demonstration there's this retronasal olfaction demonstration which is like that's how we taste flavor because yeah. your taste buds don't tell you if it's vanilla or cherry or chocolate that's your sense of smell that's uh-huh. how you experience flavor. So if you have one blocked, you can't experience the other. So that's why when your nose is clogged, when you're sick,
0: you yeah. got the taste right. Yes, so true. Uh-huh. So so.
1: True. So I did a demonstration where they all had like jelly beans, and they would like close their nose and eat mm-hmm. the jelly bean, try to figure out the flavor, right. and then open their nose, and they realize it was strawberry or whatever. Right. Right. So, you know, I didn't like that stuff. And the faculty seemed to like it, that we, like, hung out afterwards and had a good time. Yeah. And I was like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I like this school. Like, I had never heard of this school. I didn't know it even existed.
0: Yeah. That's And it's, like, a
1: really nice LaVar's College. And so they sent me, I applied, and I had my interview, like, December 9th hmm and I had an offer letter by the end of December
0: wow awesome so from December 9th you had your offer letter by the end of the summer so what did you do for six months you didn't write that grant at Monell right no I didn't so what did you did
1: do? Not <laughs> well 2020 happened so I didn't do it um, yeah, the year that I had all these plans I'm gonna write this paper and yeah.
0: then so. and then COVID happened yeah. Wow. So you weren't in the lab, but I mean, you know, some people were still required to work from home with COVID. Like, what did you do in that time frame?
1: I was bad. Um, you were so, bad. I, I was, was supposedly putting that, like the research I did into a paper, Gotcha. but I was just like, I wasn't motivated at all. I like purposely, when I started my postdoc, I wanted to not do any work at home. Yeah. I had made it so that I would do all my work in the office. And when I came home, this is relaxation time, right. da da, da right. Which is why working from home has been a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this entire time, yeah. I I can't focus. Yeah. I, or if I, you were show sure, member in Tallahassee, you were like, oh, you can go here to work, go here to yeah. work, go to all the different cafes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we yes. Yeah. That's what I was doing in Philly. I was going to all the different cafes yeah. beforehand, and then when COVID happened, I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So I watched a lot of Netflix like <laughs> <It's laughs> was bad. Yep. <laughs> I was so bad. I watched a lot of Netflix <laughs> and then once like early summer started because mm-hmm. um, of all they had to quickly just center had to quickly transition after spring break into virtual mm-hmm. their center for teaching and learning did a whole bunch of workshops on like different virtual aspects so using different things like um Google Classroom, mm-hmm. Hair Deck, all these different tools that I can use virtually because I didn't know what that, I've never taught virtually. Right, right. So I would do their workshops mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing, it. I was bad. Yeah. So I'm going to write that paper this summer. Okay, yay. So we, we have a publication in the works. Yes, it's in publication.
0: T, what is it? TBA to be determined? Yeah. TBD,
1: TBD. <laughs> but, yeah it's tbd so like yeah. i'm trying to work on that but like it was really hard and then like um with all the riots and mm-hmm. like philly had a lot of riot. like they were up and down my street because they had like there were riots all down 52nd street i lived on 50th street oh wow so and there was just like when the whatchamacallit they had the not the armed forces but the national guard right. come in, yeah and they would do flashbangs all night. Wow. All night. Yeah. And so I was just like, I, I'm i not doing this. Like, I could not even focus. Yeah, so. yeah. But, like, no
0: one was productive that. Yeah, yeah. No. No, <laughs> one world, no one in the world. No one in the world. People were just trying to cope with, like, not being able to live a, a normal life and dealing with loved ones and friends being sick and some even passing. Like, it was just that year will go down in history. I'm just <laughs> waiting for the first textbook to come out about.
1: Oh, about. my God. 2020 is going to be yeah. insane. And I want to make, like, if I do have kids and they have to read about this, like, we're going to get this shit yes. right. Yes. <laughs> That's how <I> lived it <laughs> Don't whitewash <Right>. it. <laughs>
0: nope. nope. Don't not. Do not. Do not. This was, this was a tough year. Very, very tough year. Okay, mm-hmm. Jen. Well, I'm happy for you. Obviously, I personally know you. And I know that working in a liberal arts college is something that you've been wanting for a long time, even before the Monell, I remember you saying your long-term goal was to work at a liberal arts college and you got there. And so, you know, obviously achieving your goals and doing the things that work best for you. Sometimes it's not just, I'm going to do this and it's going to be accomplished. Sometimes you may have detours or you may have situations or times when you're put in a place where It's like, okay, am I gonna choose what's comfortable for me now? Or am I gonna choose Mm -hmm. something I know I really wanna do and just jump out on faith or jump out and just believe the universe will work in my favor? And like, I'm proud of you and I'm happy for you that 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 is, that that has happened. So, what advice would you give to students out there that are you, right? The student that loves the arts wants to work as a liberal arts teacher, or not even just those (laughs) students, but just people that know who they are. They're comfortable in who they are. And sometimes life pushed them in maybe certain areas or places that didn't totally align with their passions. And you're in a place now where you're happy and you're doing the things that work for what you've always wanted. Like, what would your advice be to someone who's who's not there yet, but like, they're trying to figure Mm -hmm. that out?
1: It's kind of like, uh, I remember someone saying this advice to me is like, focus on the things that like, when you have something to do, and you keep deferring to some other thing to keep you busy, like, what is that activity that you just really love to do mm-hmm. for fun? And a lot of times you don't think anything of it, but it can eventually lead to like where you're right. going. And it can be like an inkling of where you would right. like to be. And so... I couldn't focus on being a really good teacher as a TA because I had a dissertation to put together. So I know I wasn't my best self and I knew I wanted to be a better teacher. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, teachers don't get paid, but industry does. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's why I chose one because I would have my feet in both areas. And I let them know early that I had a, I have an interest in teaching, but I may Mm -hmm. not go. But they're like, if you want to teach outside? side, right. that's up to you. Yeah. You just got to right. make up the work. And doing that solidified yes. it. Because I was like, I can't be at the bench all day. I, yes. I can't do this. And I just, I don't know, for some reason, like for someone who's in college mm-hmm. forever, you would think I want to never set foot on a yeah. college campus. But I I just love being on a college campus. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. Yeah, so I want like, to come visit. I want to come to Kentucky. Yeah, it's a really, oh, come yeah. on nothing yeah. else
0: that we could drink <laughs> that would be nice I mean, i'm a Durban gal but you know i'll definitely drink kentucky there's Durban. other stuff there's
1: like wineries stuff, the derby i need oh, i need derby oh, money
0: oh kentucky derby i've never been so yeah okay yeah, we're planning 2023 we're in yeah. there so awesome. it's it's
1: fun also for like people who are interested explore you know, because mm-hmm. I kinda if I never would have had the more male experience, I would always be wondering if. Right. So Ooh, I did so that. Good. But like, you know, always have like a you not know, like a plan, but don't don't just be like willy nilly and explore, like have a right. backup plan. <laughs>
0: right, right. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jen. This conversation was amazing. I'm sure so many <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Yay. So I'm sure so many students and professionals are going to be able to resonate with this. So we'll definitely have to have you back another time. No,
1: anytime. Anytime yes. on oh, my caller. Co- my Yay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks you all for tuning in today and we'll see you next time. That concludes today's episode of the White Coat, White Collar podcast. If you like these discussions and want to continue hearing more, please subscribe and leave a comment on the platform that you've tuned into today. For more resources on unique career options for STEM and healthcare professionals, please follow White Coat, White Collar on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. If you love what I'm doing and would like to be a sponsor to help me continue demystifying the career landscape please visit whitecoatwhitecollar.com forward slash sponsor. Thank you for tuning in and all the best on your career journey. Remember, take the journey one step at a time and don't be too hard on yourself. You got this. Until next time.